Okay. Hey, everybody. So uh, I'm Carolyn Elliott. And this is Layla Bernard. And we have with us actually Layla's amazing artist sister. Hannah Johnson. Hey, Hannah Johnson. Welcome. Thank yeah. you for being our guest. Yeah, Hannah is the creator of our amazing artwork that you've been enjoying as the cover art to this podcast. Yeah. She I didn't is... know you were going to use it there. Yeah. No, well, how could we not How could we not use it? It's amazing. Yeah. And Lulu is here, and you're listening to the Sleepover Podcast, and Layla's going to kick us off. Coming to you live from Carolyn's porch in the fading days of summer here in Pittsburgh, as we put out, Carolyn uh, put out all her spooky Halloween uh, paraphernalia, as we talked about last time. So yeah. we're just enjoying the vibe, really soaking up the death of the year. It is technically fall, but here it, in Pittsburgh, due to climate change, it's, it is balmy. It is balmy. Nice. Yeah, we're the same outfit in the Caribbean. Yeah, right. <laughs> yeah. So we're, we're soaking it up. We're soaking it up, people enjoying. There's never not a reason to be, be enjoy. So here we are. And we're talking about the amazing alchemical technique of making all your dreams come true by dreading, absolutely ugh, dreading the wonderful. Oh, God. Oh, God. Every, all my dreams are coming true. Oh, God. I need to go to the bathroom. Oh, my God. Stop. Stop. Yeah. So this is. It's something that I wrote about in my existential kink book. You can find more on it there. And um, it came about because I was really, you know, I really tried studying all the law of attraction stuff for a long time. I went to a unity church that was all about all about the law of attraction, all about positive visualization and positive affirmation and, you know, all the Abraham Hicks stuff. And I was like, God damn it, I want this to work. I want to whip myself up a lovely life. So I'm going I really to want this to be real. So I tried it a lot. And um, I, I actually think that all of that stuff is makes perfect sense and is perfectly coherent with existential kink. And maybe we can talk about that later. But the way it's taught usually is pretty ineffective because it it, people talk about it as if okay so you absolutely do create your own reality it is true uh, with your vibration Sadly. so that's how it, that is how it goes I hate to break it to that you that's how it goes um but the thing is is your vibration is mostly unconscious which means it's mostly your shadow shadow stuff um so so your little pathetic affirmations your that little your little mind minds, is repeating in the cell of its brain is just really nowhere near as powerful as like the sum total of everything that you have ever believed even without knowing that you have believed it right like the things that you believe at such a level that you don't even register them as belief you just think that that's how the world that's is the way it is <laughs> that's just reality that's what's that's what's shaping you so yeah. anyways the usual the the things of like like having a goal and like telling yourself over and over manifesting visualizing that knowing can, that it's real that can work great in conjunction with shadow work but by itself it, it usually doesn't do much because it actually brings up all of your mind's objections right and this is like this is how we got talking about this a little bit because you know we were i was sharing with i was talking with a friend that i'm working on a project with and we were trying can, to get our talk about it promote it go uh, ahead. yeah oh well we've closed applications okay. so i won't but um gray doolin who's an amazing amazing coach and intimacy coach and hermetic genius and I were working on a project and we were having a conversation about getting our wills aligned. So, you know, this is really about the alignment of will, which is the whole purpose of the great work. So, you know, thanks for tuning in to our great show um, about doing it. 
and we were talking about getting our wills aligned and you know gray was saying like you know i was expressing like you know i don't really mind like if even if we get all the people signed up that's cool and even if we don't that's cool and my friend was like whoa 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 layla like we need to get a line that like this is definitely happening and i was like you know i hear what you're saying but as soon as i start telling myself that like it's definitely gonna happen in a specific specific way and that is definitely what it's gonna be then all the gremlins of my doubt start being like well how do you know that are you sure? I mean, what if it doesn't then? Then isn't your magic just a bunch of shit? And like, aren't you full of crap? And like, how do you even know? Like, what if it's not meant to be? And what if that's not God's plan? And what if, what if, what if, what if, what if, what if? How are you going to control that? La, la, la. And it just gets really ugly really fast. And so the alignment of will does not come from like knowing something that I don't know. It comes from tuning into like a central frequency that's more like, you know, regardless of what happens... I know we're going to have an amazing time and I'm going to learn so much from this and it's going to be great. And the people that I meet through doing this are going to be so interesting. And it's really not at all about like the exact outcome. It's about like tuning into like the possibility of the outcomes all being amazing. Oh yeah. So maybe the theme isn't so much the dreading wonderful piece, although we can talk about that. Well, I mean, I think that's the equilibration, right? Arriving at that, point of equanimous acceptance (laughs) it's less sexy than dreading the wonderful and truly (laughs) dreading the wonderful is a great way to bring about that equilibration because so many of us are used to being like kind of numbly stuck in like yeah, I really want that. I really do. But then we can feel the constriction in ourselves around the big, amazing things that we've never had before. Like, we all know we're kind of lying to ourselves when we're like, oh, yeah, I totally already have that. There's definitely, that's going to be amazing. And like the full joy of it isn't accessible to us because we've never really had it. And so it is like a wonderful tool to like balance the scales by bringing in the like, oh, no. Oh, shit. (laughs) Yeah, so just to explain to everybody, so the way that Dreading the Wonderful works is you pick the thing that you theoretically want to happen. So in my instance, it was um, getting pregnant. I was like, oh, I really want to do this, and I was kind of scared because I'm, you know, uh, over 35 or whatever, and I was like, uh, I was worried about it. And um, so I was like, well, maybe the way that I can work with this magically is to really accept and honor the part of me that is resistant to it, even though I want it. And like, oh my God, it's, it's just gonna be so awful, man. I'm just, I can, I'm just getting pregnant and there's nothing I can do about it. I'm just like, I'm gonna be pregnant. I'm gonna have a baby. My whole life's gonna change. And there's just no way that I, it's just like this truck coming towards me. <laughs> so anyways, basically like, leveraging what all of the all of the law of attraction people will tell you to like enjoy the anticipation and that like that anticipation and that enjoyment brings it to you i'm not very good at that so i was i was enjoying (laughs) my my dreading of it happening my like oh god well i feel like that oh shit feeling is actually much closer to the truth of what we experience when mind-blowing things that we have secretly wished for are suddenly like appearing or about to appear or will appear like there is a sense of like uh uh-oh 
uh-oh, I really stepped in it now. Now I have to be this. Now I have to rise to this occasion. And like preemptively dreading that is equivalent to tuning in to its like imminence. Mm-hmm. And it's, um, I know it sounds a bit negative, <laughs> um, but it's not so much, it's more like, uh, how do I say, mm, just really tuning in to the parts of me that are that are honestly anticipating the beautiful thing coming with that oh shit oh shit and tuning in to the oh shit it's here it's coming it's right around the corner whoa baby right and like that is opening up to its arrival in a way that um being like i am receiving seed into my womb <laughs> it my fertile essence is now receiving <laughs> i don't know that's just like i mm, it wasn't like the same feeling it's the same honesty yeah because that when i would affirm that the like the doubts and the like well what if it doesn't happen and what if i'm full of shit and what if right. i'm just Right. I don't know if I can actually conceive a baby. I never tried before. I've tried really hard not to. So I don't. <laughs> right. Yeah. There's definitely, I mean, it's, it's, you know, in an existential kind of way, like we talk about how like fear and excitement are really just obverses of the same coin of sensation. And, you know, fear is something that you are anticipating negatively and excitement is something that you are anticipating positively. And so in this way, like dreading the wonderful is just tapping into the same truth of that, that like dread and, you know, longing, longing, faithful longing, dread and faithful longing are just two sides of the same. (laughs) Oh, my God, it's coming no matter what I do coin and we all just like given the weird negativity that we have experienced in our culture are more comfortable feeling the like oh no (laughs) yeah Yeah, so it can bring us more into like you were saying that equilibrated state of uh here i am and there's you know i'd actually yeah so it put me more so when i started dreading the wonderful it did put me like dreading getting pregnant even as I wanted to get pregnant, it sort of balanced out the sort of overzealous part of me that was like, um, oh, it'll all be, you know, butterflies and unicorns having a baby um, with the truth that like, oh my gosh, this is, means my life is going to change and it's going to be not all about Carolyn all the time anymore. And um, and really putting myself in a state of appreciation of being like, oh, well, hey, if it doesn't happen, that's kind of awesome, too, because, boy, is it awesome to just be silent and read and do all those things that you can't really do with little kids. Well, and also, as you were just sharing that, Carolyn, I was realizing, like, both faithfully longing for and, like, knowing that the object of your desire is coming and dreading it in the pit of your stomach has a, like, amplified manifestation effect because you are bringing more of the reality of that thing into your consciousness. You're not just trying to lie to yourself and bring in only the good stuff. Mm -hmm. And like, how can anything come into manifestation as only good? That's just simply not how it works in this world of duality. The good comes with the bad. So if we really want to manifest something, we should well be thinking 
about the things that are not as rosy about it because they'll be coming too. And if it's really going to be real, you'll be dealing with that sooner than later. That's so well said. And I really, um, I've thought about that a lot and the way that, um, <laughs> baby. um, the way <laughs> that when we, mm, actually you talk for a minute. I lost it. From the <laughs> I have mom brain. <laughs> yeah. Carolyn's, Carolyn's being nursed on right now by her magical summoning the object of her magic, her daughter <laughs> that she got through this amazing magic. So the results are present. Oh no, no, no. wait, wait, wait. I got it back. I got it back. Okay. So, um, that rather, so, you know, also in conventional law of attraction circles, it's like people seem to really get into like, you know, creating vision boards of their perfect life and living in the tropics and, uh, you know, got the sweet car, got the hot bod, got the perfect man, whatever. And, uh, yeah, sure. But I mean, isn't it true that in all of our actual experience, when we level up, what we are leveling up into definitely is new levels of fabulousness and new adventures, but it's an adventure which involves uncertainty and pain new and greater levels of risk new greater levels of humiliation and vulnerability and exposure and so i do think that a really great manifesting attitude is like i'm ready for the next amount of dread for the new yeah for the new dread the new pain the new kind of shit bring me right. the new shit right i'm, I'm, I'm done with this ki- i'm this done with this kiddie pool shit <laughs> Bring me into the wave pool. Let's go to the deep end. Let's go. So, um, and it's, it's been my experience that as I do that, as I really do that, first of all, I start experiencing a much greater love and appreciation for where I am right now. So like, here's the thing. Like sometimes I feel sorry for myself and I'm not already a best selling author, right? Like poor me. And, um, Sometimes I wonder about like, oh my gosh, what's it going to take for me to really break into the big leagues and be hanging out with Oprah and Eckhart Tolle and, you know, but as I think about that and I think I really think about like, okay, well, what kind of adventure would that be being that much of a public figure and having that like, okay, it would be a lot, a whole new level of whole new kinds of pain to deal with there. And airports, and like hotel rooms. alienated. What if I'm, you know... What if those people are way cooler than you, Carolyn? Also, what if I'm, like, swamped with fans... Oh, my everywhere God! I go. So annoying. People coming up and asking for autographs. And then, oh, there's so much... I have so much more money now. And, um, you know, all sorts of things. The difficulties of accounting and taxes and blah, blah, blah. I... What are you going to do with your children when you're traveling so much on all your amazing tours? Like, it's a hassle. It's a hassle, all these things. So thinking about that, I get kind of grateful for my micro celebrity. I'm like, hey, this is pretty neat. This is just right here, right where it is, right where I get approached for an autograph maybe three times a year instead of a billion times a day, right? Like... I kind of like this. Actually, this is kind of nice. It feels good. It's good from nice. Right. And, and there's like, so there's more joy just in the present and also the possibility of like, 
yeah, I still think it would be cool if suddenly everybody was buying the EK book and doing the thing. That would definitely be cool. And 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 you're and you're preparing yourself for all of those challenges by honestly reckoning with them in the present. Like you are expanding your consciousness to be prepared to encounter Eckhart Tolle and Oprah and be like, yeah, no, we're like colleagues. It's cool. Like I've thought about this. I've played this scenario out in my mind. We've talked before in the astral. And so now here we are doing it. It's no big deal. As opposed to like denying that you would ever have a moment of, you know, doubt in encountering those people. And then like utterly being unprepared for that circumstance. And therefore it just never happens. Exactly. Exactly. And it's like um, thinking of it in those more realistic adventure oriented ways is really part of what it connects me to is understanding that uh, this level of the adventure that I'm on is really completely equal to the level of adventure that Oprah is on. Like, it's different shapes, different forms, but like, still human. Those big league players are just as human as me, right? And they're having their same frictions and their same... Yeah. And there's something really sweet about being at this level of the game that I'm sure that Oprah longs for. I mean, I think I've heard her talk in interviews before about like longing to be able to just go to the fucking grocery store and, <laughs> you know. All right, be anonymous. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. So. so you can certainly dread the moment when you are unable to go to the grocery store anymore, Carolyn. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Oh, and... A- and just to talk about the existential kink angle on it, like, I do really love being hip and obscure. Like, I really, really love being, like, the cool kids occult. self-help. Yeah, yeah. Weird. Like, out behind the school Yeah, like, when everybody's doing EK, will I still like it? It's, right. It, <laughs> when it's on, right. like, the Today Show and, like, everything, when there's, like... All the every mom's book club is all about drinking wine and talking about EK. I mean, sex magic. Like, I, I, will I mean, still honestly, probably you're, be really you're turning on. Really actually, aroused. that's going to yeah. be a fantastic world. Actually, <laughs> yeah. but I can I can see how my attachment to the hipster cool is also a fun attachment to have. Yeah, and like ride it. Mm-hmm. It's a great one. So yeah, I mean. You know, for everyone who's struggled ever to align their will behind things that they know would be good for them, you can just trust that everything that happens to you is ultimately just exactly great for you. And the more you can align yourself with that certain knowing, like, you'll get what you wish for every time if that's what you wish for. Yeah, and... And you will get equal amounts of pleasure and pain, no matter what. <laughs> no matter equal, equal opportunities for pleasure and pain, let's say. I, I really feel like, um, yeah. Equal opportunities for pleasure and pain. And, I, right, like, whatever, however much you're available to either of them, however much pain you're available to, however much pleasure you're available to, certainly will be yours. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And that's another thing with manifestation that I've found to be really major is this theme of havingness levels that I learned about from the great Bodhisattva Nicole de Don, um, which is that most of us humans have a very small window of sensation and 
that we can experience and be in approval of and be really present with and centered with. And anything that happens outside of that, whether it's super awesome or super terrible, knocks us off balance. You know what's interesting, Carolyn? I've been meditating on that a lot recently. I've been talking about that with several clients. Like, I've come to think that that is having this, like, blowout is the root of shame. Mm. Because I hear people be ashamed of their success and their beauty and their joy and their fulfillment every bit as much as I hear them be ashamed of their like sloppiness and their messiness and their failure and their embarrassment. Well, that makes sense. Um, one of the ways that I see that making sense is that in my experience, raising one's having this level means raising both the amount of pain and pleasure that I'm willing and able to be really centered and really present with. So, like, I can't just raise the pleasure amount. Like, it don't work like that. Like, I gotta raise the, the pain and the grief amount that I'm willing to feel also. And so I can see how, you know, our culture conditions us, tells us, like, you only want the good stuff and just go for the good stuff. And so I can see how somebody who's been very blessed and has a lot of attractiveness and gifts and everything, um could feel shame if they know that they are very attached to that and very afraid of the opposite of the, you know, the pain or the lack side. Well, and so many people suffer from the good girl like thing on a deep, deep level. Like it's in there so tangled and people honestly, I think feel like, well, but if I am successful and if I am beautiful, then like, won't that make other people feel bad? And so they just feel ashamed. It's like, it's like to be seen as beautiful and successful and fulfilled is like being naked in front of other people. And that like, people are like, I want to cover that. I want to cover that. And that's, that's what shame is, is like wanting to cover parts of yourself so that people don't see it. And in some cases, what we don't want to see people to see is our beauty because we just have this sense that like, they don't have it and like won't they be sad if they see us having it so we we cover it so it's sort of yeah totally. and that's like blocking our havingness in every way because how could you ever get more if you're currently feeling bad about what you have now and that's like the heart of codependence is wanting to manage other people's experience and emotions and how they receive you right so like um I hear you. It's like a giant part of expanding that happiness level is getting to the point of being like, actually, everybody can feel me and see me and um, they can just deal with it. Oh, man, Carolyn, I feel, I, feel like this, I feel like this is a whole podcast episode because I'm like having this very strong visual where like I can see that the reason that many people keep their happiness levels small is that they imagine their happiness level like a personal space bubble where if theirs were larger, it would be pushing on other people and intruding into them and violating them in some other way. And in reality, when our havingness level is large, it just interpenetrates with other people's havingnesses and they are in the field of our beautiful large havingness and they are also expanded and it, it doesn't violate. I mean, sometimes people have a bad reaction, but you know, that's where the codependency thing comes in. Like, why are you letting their bubble 
like push on right. your bubble. Like their bad reaction is their perfect experience that is theirs to have. Yeah, yeah, I had a very interesting process with that. Like, so being from Pittsburgh, which is uh, the Paris of Appalachia, and um, you know, there's uh, even the magical community here is like very into celebrating its poverty and like people really love their virtue of like not having any money and i was in that for you know the first 10 years of my adult life and um, dumpster diving is a way of life as a yeah. of contemplation what am i going to eat tonight <laughs> yeah let's find out what does aldi's got for me <laughs> in their dumpster and um and so when i when I expanded my having this level by actually really welcoming the amount of pain that I felt in scarcity and really getting off on it like the crazy kinky motherfucker that I am and being like, yes, this humiliation, <laughs> yes, this anxiety, oh yeah, baby, and started to become more creative and more successful in business and all of a sudden... Um, I was making hundreds of thousands of dollars and all of my friends still pulling in like 25 grand, maybe, maybe, <laughs> um, uh, there was this really interesting experience where pretty, mm, almost every, not everybody, but almost everybody around me started to demonize me, right? Like, I, even though I hadn't like come and taken money from them and I hadn't insulted, put them. To, you hadn't forced them to buy your internet <laughs> courses. I hadn't done anything to them, but be successful myself. Suddenly I was very demonized. There were all sorts of stories about how I was a vampire and uh, in league with dark forces. And um, I've heard stories, Carolyn, of so your many evil stories. doings. And, um, and so I lost I lost a lot of friends and I lost a lot of um, community connection for a while there. And it was, it's only now that some of those very same people who were like so grossed out by my disgusting, decadent, uh, selling out, daring to charge money for teaching magic, now they're like, oh, I realized that, you know, I could also let myself enjoy my experience and be creative, and now I have a career, and I feel good, and, and thank you, Carolyn. <laughs> so it's like, take it a while, but it ultimately did have an uplifting effect on the whole community, where, like, way more people in the community now are, like, centered in their own business and, like, feeling really good about themselves. And valuing themselves. Yeah, valuing themselves. And, um... And I'm, I'm happy about that. I'm happy to have led a charge with that. But yeah, it was uh, difficult for a while being like, oh, wow, all of these people that were really cool with me when I was totally broke um, <laughs> suddenly aren't anymore. So I just want to say that I understand people having fears and reservations about really shining their light bigger because it is a real thing the social pushback the crabs in a bucket phenomenon yep. tell them about the crabs Layla. oh this is my this is one of my mom's favorite things whenever whenever ugh, bless my mom crabs in a bucket people are just crabs in a bucket whenever they see somebody doing well trying to get out of the damn bucket trying to level up then all anybody else wants to do is crawl up the crab who's trying to crawl up the side of the bucket and they end up pulling the crab right back down into the bucket. Mm -hmm. It's mm -hmm. just... Because, yeah, and, and that is, like, this phenomenon of, like, I don't know, 
that reminds me like the crabs like pulling on the one crab it's like the crabs are trying to the crabs from the bottom of the bucket see the guy that's like kind of on the side kind of getting up towards the top and they're like oh yeah i can step on him and i can get to the top and then they all both fall down right right? and it's like um i definitely had that experience too where there were some folks that were in this like really weird parasitical way like trying to like glom onto me and like ride my coattails and i had to be like uh no (laughs) and but yeah that phenomenon of like Keeping, wanting to stay at a certain level stasis. of homeostasis. Stasis. Homeostasis. And um, so there is, I do recognize that that comes, so people, like your clients, being like, oh, if I get really big and bright and shine and it'll hurt other people's feelings and, I mean, they're right, yeah. If people will it have was, feelings. Right, yes. People are going to feel some kind of way right. <laughs> about your Right, right. And I guess, you know, the thing that always comes to me to like, give myself strength in such situations is like, cause I've, I've had to leave my friends behind and have difficult conversations with friends along the way of just like, no, I, we're not going to, I'm not going to be doing it that way anymore. It's okay. Um, but one of the things that like really gives me strength in those situations is like when someone reflects to us that like our new level of beauty and expandedness is a nightmare then, you know, from a codependent standpoint, where like a non-sovereign standpoint, like we imagine that like the kindness is to like be empathetic with them and like agree with them and like get on their level and like go be in their headspace. But in reality, that's just reifying their nightmare. That's just making the nightmare that they're tripping out on all the more substantial. And it's really a greater kindness to stay centered in the newfound beauty and expansion and be like, I see that you are having a nightmare, my friend. It is not real. I will see you when you wake up. I'm not going to come back into the nightmare with you. I love you. And like, that is truly the kinder thing. And, and when we hold it, not with a sense of like superiority and like rejection of like, well, you just don't get it. And like, you're not on my wavelength anymore. And like you, uh, I can't be around you. Like that is also not it. It's also not it. And I definitely also did plenty of that. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Hey. But that is also not it. (laughs) But like when we can hold the frequency of like, yeah, you are freaking out. You're seeing stuff that frankly I don't see anymore. And I think the fact that I don't see it has something to do with the fact that I'm now experiencing these greater things in my life. So I'm going to do you the favor by continuing to hold this portal open. You know what? This is also something that's, that's particularly funny about leveling up via magic. Because, right, like, you can get more money by whatever, going getting to a raise. school, yeah. getting a raise, get a, climbing the ladder. But if you fucking do it by magic, you know that literally everybody else can do it too. <laughs> and then you're like, so then when like people are like, tell like people would be like talking to me about like, capitalism, capitalism and like, blah, 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 blah. And it's like, okay. Yeah. And, and like capitalism isn't like suck. I mean, all oh, right. Well, this is a long, this is a large <laughs> conversation, but it's like, you have the most effect over your own creativity and over your own 
relationships and the opportunities that come to you through those relationships. And if you, I mean, it's, it's, I guess it's, I'm just going to talk about, okay. If your vibes are fucking awesome, other fucking awesome people are going to want to collaborate with you and hang out with you and give you opportunities and open doors for you and great things happen. And as long as you're bitching about capitalism and feeling sorry for yourself and talking about all those mean, bad, greedy people out there who are doing all the bad things while you're so great because you're miserable, um, (laughs) that's not when the doors open. That's not when the magic happens. So it becomes all the more weird because, like, you know that it actually is very accessible if they become willing to, like, surrender and do the weird magical shit that you did to do your like Layla you did so much (laughs) surrendering to get to the place that you are in now a level of surrender that most people are unwilling to do but that they all could do it's you it's accessible it's possible you can you just have to be really uh willing yeah willing to surrender willing to surrender and to and you felt so much grief and you felt so much pain and you opened your heart and and with that you opened up to so much more joy but there's so like the unwillingness to um yeah i mean it's, it's, you know it's funny cuz in part of my surrender like one of the things that i'm not sure that this is public knowledge but one of the things that i think you're referring to is my like willingness to leave my family and move away from them just knowing that I wasn't getting ultimate joy from being around them. And I had to surrender my attachment to being seen as a good mom. And this is kind of like the obverse of dreading the wonderful. It's like gleefully anticipating the awful because like I knew that when I told people from where I was living that I was like moving away and leaving my 10 year old and my two year old. I mean, even I tell people who are my like close friends that I have done that. They're like, Oh my God, I can just, I can just see the like evil abandoning mother archetype, like boot up in their minds and become this like villainous Ursula. That's like, they're seeing imposed over me. And I was very terrified of that. And it kept me being a mom for a long time, even though I was miserable. But when I finally realized that like that was the specter that I was going to have to like walk right up to and say hello to, I was like, okay, well, I know that. I know exactly who that is. I know exactly what that feels like. I know exactly what that sounds like. So now when I explain this to people and that specter boots up, I'm just like, there it is. Oh, there it is. I knew you were coming. And it's just, it's like anticipation with glee. Like, I know that it's going to come. I'm not upset by it. It's no longer like a rupture in my experience of reality. You know, so many people are like, well, I just don't want people to see me as a bad person. And it's like, well, okay. So maybe, like, why? And (laughs) maybe you're going to have to. Maybe some people are going to see you that way. So why not practice gleefully wanting that because then when it happens nothing at all happens (laughs) yeah because when and i've seen you do this many times it's like it comes up 
and you're present with the person and you're in connection with them and you're in connection with yourself you don't leave yourself love you don't you don't reject them and like try to punish them for throwing judgment at you you're just like yeah i know isn't it i'm here i am even still i'm just right i'm here though just being ursula right here in front of you isn't it fascinating and and it's like it's so interesting to think about like like the how the can culturally conditioned minds version of good and bad is uh creates so much um horror like as if like you staying there and like being really unhappy and like was going to have a great impact on your kids right going to be like better for them than being raised by people who love them and want to be there well and 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 i mean i truly think because i am ultimately like i mean part of the self-conception since we're talking about it that i built up as part of accepting that i was a bad mom was being like well why am i a bad mom well it's because i'm really weirdly devoted to god and higher consciousness Like, I'm actually, like, that's what I'm good at. That's where my heart is. And in allowing myself to realize that my heart was not in momming, it, like, opened up my awareness to, like, what my heart really was about. And, like, now that can live in me and, like, give me a context so that it's not just about, like, oh, I'm a bad mom. Because that's all I'm looking at. That's all I'm obsessing about. And, oh, the larger thing that I was going to say is because that's what my life is really about, like, that's the greatest thing that I can give to my children is to be like, listen, my children, we all are here on our own karmic journey. We are all telling our own story. We are all responsible for making that story as beautiful as we can. And this is me doing my best. Like, that is really my testimony to you. Like I, I have refused to leave them in a sense of like, well, this is terrible and I'm out of here and there's a panic and it's a bad scene. Like, no, it's not a rupture. Mm -hmm. It's a beautiful creation of life that Mm -hmm. you are also allowed to do my children. I really want to celebrate that. And I really want to like, like and you two listening, my children. Yeah. That (laughs) honesty and that clarity is phenomenal. And also side note, I like to th- I think about how um, the Buddha was a prince with uh, a beautiful wife and child, and he walked right out into the jungle. And don't nobody dwell on, oh, Gautama Buddha, what a fucking deadbeat dad. What an <laughs> asshole. That guy. Fucking no sense of responsibility. Didn't even think about how he was going to impact his son. No, nobody says that, and that <laughs> nobody been, says that. Nobody no. says that, and that has been the story of like so many saints, so many mystics of the male persuasion, just right. stand up one day, being like, mm, not into this family stuff. Okay, uh, maybe uh, peace, yeah. and and everybody as a culture is like, yeah, of course, yeah, that's great. What a noble saint, a <laughs> <How>? sage. <laughs> What a wise How man. selfless. <laughs> right. How selfless to leave your family and devote yourself to God. How compassionate. And, like, the fact that, like, 
as a woman, if you do that, people are like, what about the children, though? And you're like, well, I'm sorry. Actually, we were driving each other nuts because we just weren't on our paths. We weren't doing it right. So the gears were grinding, my friends. The gears were grinding. And like, oh, I just think that that is really the most beautiful thing about engaging with the great work is that like the fears that gnaw at you and the gears that are grinding as you avoid your purpose are so much worse than anything that could possibly happen to you as you legitimately move in the direction of your actual longing and desire. Oh yeah, I love that, I love that. I love, um, it reminds me of like something that Byron Katie says, which is like, if you're believing your mind's story, the worst thing has already happened to you. Right. You are already experiencing the worst thing right. that could happen to you, which is believing your own mind and its stories. Well, you know, Carolyn, it's like we've been... Like we've been <laughs> Hannah's, Hannah's banging her head against an imaginary wall over here. <laughs> it's like we were talking about on our, like, you know, more blissed out episodes, Carolyn, how, like, the people that we love are, like truly with us when we love them in our hearts and it's like the shit that you fear is gonna happen in the future in this so-called future is literally happening to you right now as you are perseverating on the anticipation of its possibility of happening like the same the same nervous system shit is happening to you the isolation (laughs) the feeling alienated constricted tight trapped lost confused that's all literally just happening right now (laughs) right in this moment so like exactly like fucking byron katie is saying the worst thing has already happened so you might as well just do whatever the fuck you were thinking about doing that you were so scared about because if everything that you were scared about happens you already know what that's like oh yeah there's also another beautiful piece of wisdom from this guy who's named bruce uh demarcio i think he invented something called the option method which is another cool inquiry process and um he is also an enlightened folk philosopher like Byron Katie, or was, I think he's passed away now, but he, um, he had this great kernel of wisdom that I've really learned a lot from, which is unhappiness is believing that you will be unhappy in the future. That's yes. how you make yourself unhappy. There's no other way to make yourself unhappy. Like you can be right. sick, like <laughs> you're not actually afraid of being sick or being alone or dying or anything. You're afraid that you're going to be sick and unhappy unhappy. or alone and unhappy (laughs) right like if you totally felt like you were and happiness is believing that you're gonna be happy like that's it well and 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 even honestly honestly even more to the point like happiness is a state of knowing that like you're fine right now it's like your happiness is actually your native state when you stop being afraid that you won't have it later right right, it's actually effortless right right right, right. like just stop worrying that you won't have it and then it just appears yeah yeah (laughs) it's such a joke (laughs) yeah and and starting and (laughs) and how that comes about i feel like how that comes about is by starting to understand that no circumstance can make you unhappy that you can be sick and happy alone and happy broke and happy 
Like you really can be. Nothing's going to come up and force you to be unhappy. You know, like that's the essence of victim consciousness is thinking that something is forcing you to be miserable. You know, Carolyn, this is like really putting me in mind of the contemplations that I used to do as a young saint when I was in like high school and had to read things about like, you know, these amazing people who like had lived through terrible adversity, like prisoner of war camps or whatever, and had maintained their whole integrity their and joy. Had, had, it maintained their joy, had maintained their spark of life through this terrible thing. Shout out to Victor Frankl. Right. Exactly. Yeah. Right. I mean, like these amazing saints who are just like in the worst conditions and waking up every day being like, well, the sun is still shining and there are still people to love. And by God, I am still looking at this beautiful world. And I used to contemplate like the hilarity of how like to the world, like to what is happening that is like utterly useless. Like that person is still in the worst conditions. And yet to that person, it is everything, everything, everything. And that person is just like free as a bird. Yeah. And like, there is no more suffering in the world of that person. And it utterly doesn't matter. And so like, but there's just like a joke in that, like, it's, it's just available. It's just, like, sillily, foolishly, absurdly available for no reason. Yeah. It and, doesn't matter. And the interesting thing is, like, okay, so I, we've talked, <laughs> like, um, the essence of magic, the essence of hermeticism is mm, exercising your hermeneutic ability. Which, which is, is your interpretive ability, which is you, we all have the existential um, quality of we get to choose the meaning that we assign to our experience. And that's what Viktor Frankl was on about. He created a thing called logotherapy, which is all about choosing how you make meaning out of your situation. Right. He made a beautiful meaning out of being in a internment camp and his wife dying and everybody, you know, he was still able to do that and it's like hmm, the culture conditions us to think that we don't have that hermeneutic choice it conditions us over and over again like this thing bad make you unhappy you will you like right it tells right. you that like that things that you you don't get to decide what it means and all of the media and all of the schooling and all of the religion is all about telling you what shit means right it's it's using the hermeneutic magic on you against your will while conveniently neglecting to mention that you could also exercise the hermeneutic will. <laughs> and that is the essence of, you know, whatever dark magic might be, that is it, is like um, hypnotizing others into that condition. Without telling them that they could hypnotize themselves exactly. in whatever way they wish. And so the, the true, true magical gospel that you're hearing from us folks is that um, actually you completely have that interpretive power and you can begin exercising it and change your entire experience of life. However you choose. So yeah. I feel like that was an amazing download from Carolyn's Porch here in the Sam Hain, the pre Sam Hain days. Yeah. It must be all that it must be all that witchy energy coming through from Halloween, Carolyn. We must be yeah. just really channeling it. So thanks to all the ancestors. Yeah. Thanks to everyone for tuning in. Yeah. 
Do you, do you want to say anything? Oh, Hannah? yeah. Thanks for having me. Yeah. yeah thanks, <laughs> thanks for being around, Hannah. You're very inspiring. We Usually we only go for like 20, 20 minutes. 20 minutes. We, we have like a, a real whole live audience. We have a live audience. Yeah, <laughs> live audience. All right. Sleepover podcast, everybody. Thanks for listening. Uh, subscribe. Leave us a review. We've been reading these reviews. They give us life. Oh, they my give God. Us... We are like tickled, tickled with joy at every one of them. Some of them even make us cry. Oh, so much cry. My dad got screenshots of to one today. <laughs> We'll show you, Hannah. It's so sweet. All right. Bye, everybody.